This is Teach Play Love. The Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages 0 to 8. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood expert, Education Vice President Rachel Robertson. And make the most out of every chance to teach, play, and love. How's your home looking these days? If you have kids doing remote or hybrid school, you've probably shifted around your space, your furniture, maybe even yourself as you try to make everyone fit into this new learning at home system. But now that we're into it, there are a few ways to make things easier and more efficient as we go along this school year. Here are Rachel and Ruth with some great educator tips and tricks on how you can turn your home into a better space for everyone. Oh, Ruth, wow. Isn't this such a weird time? Virtual, hybrid, schools have started, but it's nothing we've ever seen before. It's totally weird, Rachel, and so confusing that it's going on so long. I'm sure most of us thought this was going to be over by now and we'd be back to school. And I mean, we did this in spring, but we all are a little weary because spring wasn't all that successful for lots of reasons, right? That was a crisis. We got through it quickly. And everyone had to make decisions in the moment, schools and families alike. But now we have a little time to set it up. And even if school's already started, right, you can still relook, go check out what you've got going on and, and make some changes and get your kids involved in this as well. So let's think about the things that a teacher is thinking about when they're setting up their classroom and how those things can translate to the home environment. That's a really good strategy, Rachel, because teachers have been doing this for a long time and they have some valuable lessons for us. And I know one question that often comes up is some people have three different rooms they can use, a dining room, a living room, and a family room, and some people don't. So we'll think about that too, is how we make this work in any kind of space. Yeah, that's great advice. We all have different situations. One of the tips that we have for you is seating. So you may have noticed more and more when you go in classrooms, you're seeing exercise balls or couches in the, in the, in the classroom and not just kids and desks facing forward. And so you want to replicate that at home because giving children choices, just like we do. I don't know about you, Ruth, but I definitely don't just sit at my desk all day. I, I move around. Right. I need some different spaces. So giving children choices for that. And you can be clear about what choices. If you don't want them in your office or, or your bedroom or whatever, there are some places off limits. The other thing you want to do is give them defined spaces. So maybe everyone can have a desk. That's an easy way to define spaces. Or you have an extra table that you've put up. That's possible. But if you're sharing spaces, which a lot of families are doing, a couple ways to do that is use something like placemats. The color coding will come in handy here. If one child is all red all the time, red placemat, red pencil holder, red whatever you need to be to reduce other kinds of squabbles that might happen. Just thinking about defining that space. And a lot of times families are using those presentation poster boards even as a way to have some privacy, using headphones, important everybody getting their own headphones for those zoom calls nothing like uh, everybody on a zoom call at once on speakerphone <laughs> mess up the day thinking about if you need that space for other reasons how you have kind of a start and a stop of the day can be helpful too so if having a backpack is helpful you can have a backpack have hooks have cubbies 
have those kind of organizational tools in your spaces so kids can the same as as they would do at school and these strategies work in school for a couple of reasons there's so many children in the classroom but they also work in schools or are used in schools because teachers are teaching children about self-management and organization at the same time as they're teaching academic skills so it's not just a you know kind of sanity saving tool it's also so you can help your children still work on those time management and organizational skills wouldn't it be great, Rachel, if this was the year that kids finally learned how to organize their backpack? <laughs> right. I mean, you have less times that the sandwich doesn't get thrown away from the backpack nowadays. So that's one bonus, right? And you don't have to worry about permission slips either. So yeah. there you go. There we go. We got two positives out of virtual hybrid learning there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I think another thing that really helps kids is to have kind of routines, kind of a general plan of things. And you know what? That's actually one of the real benefits of summer is that you could kind of take a break from that. So your kids during the summer may have really relaxed on their routines. You know, they're not getting up at the crack of dawn to get ready for school. So uh, if your kids have not gone back to school yet, please give them a little advance warning so they can kind of get used to that. But even if they have already started and they're really struggling with it, to just have this conversation with them that what's going to help you get up in time? Let's talk about what needs to be done before you're ready to go to a Zoom class. I mean, your school district probably has a rule about you got to wear a shirt at least to the Zoom call. And your family may have a rule about combing hair and brushing teeth and all of those kinds of things. So think about what are those things that need to be done. And they're different maybe than the things, you know, to get ready to go on the bus. You can decide with your kids what's the bare minimum that needs to be done in the morning and, and then help them figure out there's a good math problem for you. Okay, if it takes you 13 and a half minutes to get all those morning things done, what time do you need to be able to get up? to get yourself awake and get those things done and be in the chair or on the exercise ball ready for that first Zoom meeting of the day. You know what you're saying, I think I'm just gonna emphasize it because this is something I actually just absorbed as a parent to say, oh, I needed to hear that today is you get so busy, you're just doing everything. You don't need to do that. You could just stop a minute and say, okay, yeah, what does help you get up in the morning? So I'm not adding that to my to-do list because that's the quickest response we have as parents is we just kind of, okay, I have to wake my child up at 7 a.m. So maybe what's the other strategies and how can you get them involved in taking some ownership and accountability for that as well? So thank you. That was a good, I, I know that tip and I needed to hear it today. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could help. You can do the same thing at nighttime. What's it take for you to get yourself calmed down and ready to go to bed, organized to go to bed. What's it take? Okay, how long does it take you? All right, now you've got it figured out. So, and if your kids are younger, you know, like a kindergartner may not be able to figure that out and maybe they do need to be on a Zoom class, you're probably gonna have to help them. But boy, we can let go of a lot of that stuff that we keep thinking we have to, we call it remind them about, but I think kids might call it why are they nagging me all the time to get this done? So, well, we have to remember too that we as parents are seeing a lot of stuff that we didn't see before. So, absolutely. I mean, natural consequences are a really important part of learning how to regulate your behavior and make good decisions. If we're in there preventing all those natural consequences from happening, our kids are not learning some really valuable things. 
that is a benefit of going to school because we can't interfere all day long and get in what is happening with them all day long. And that's what's happening. They're learning from their environment, from their peers, from the feedback, from just kind of the natural flow of things. And we need to be careful that just because we can see them and hear it, that we are not getting in the way. So if they are old enough to be getting themselves up, right, and they don't one day, is it really your job or is being late to their class part of the consequence that they'll work through with their teacher? So make those decisions too. Yeah, that's good. I think in general kind of routines and even rituals can be just so comforting to everyone. So keep up with those and maybe even create new ones. The first day of school picture, even if you forgot it, do it again, do it now. If you, you know, your kids already started school last week, and things were kind of hectic for you, it's okay. And maybe you, maybe your kids are used to having a special breakfast the first morning of school or a special snack when they get home or both if they're really lucky. New school supplies, that's a really common ritual. Probably still a requirement in a lot of schools to have specific school supplies. So having those rituals and routines can really make a difference. Those are really important factors in children's emotional well-being getting through major change in their life. So if you don't do anything else, focus on those couple of things and make sure you have that routine and those rituals. And one of the tips we wanna share with you that helps you really get this all organized and scheduled, and you'll see this in classrooms. So if you haven't noticed it before, you're gonna go, oh, that's what they're up to. Visual schedules. So the older your children are, the less you see of this, but you still see a schedule, you still see an agenda. Just because they're at home doesn't mean they don't need a schedule, and you do too. Make a family schedule, make your own schedule so they can see what you're up to. My kids know I'm on a podcast or I'm doing a webinar. This is time you cannot interrupt me unless there's an emergency. That's clear on our schedule. There are other times that they can come in the room. They can talk to me when I'm when I'm working. So we're clear about that so they know that. The younger your children are, the more we recommend using pictures. So what does it look like when you are making breakfast? Are they choosing? Are you already working? You're already at work, right? So maybe they choose what they can have for breakfast and you have some picture options to help them through that. Maybe they're having to you know, get themselves up in the morning and get dressed and get their backpack or whatever organizational strategy you've picked, brush their teeth. You can have pictures for all of that. Even if you need the three-step directions for how to brush your teeth, you can have pictures for that. And you would be pleasantly surprised about how independent children can be when they have these prompts. Young children, three to five-step directions are about what they can do. So if you have a lot of things on the schedule with five steps, and then there's 10 things on the schedule, they just can't do that. We can't even as adults, it's hard to do it. So give them some help so that you can refer them to that. And again, teachers are doing this because they want to help children build those self-dependence, independence, regulation skills. This is as much a part of teaching and growing young people as the academic. So we can replicate those things at home. The list is endless and, and you don't have to limit this to things just around the house and how to help. It could be about how to do schoolwork or homework or just the schedule for the day. And you can make it a flexible schedule. So what time are you going to walk the dog today? Where is that going to go on your schedule? Maybe that's part of your new morning rituals as you go through the daily picture schedule. 
And as kids get older, you can start to use technology tools if you want to, or you could have a master calendar that's color coded or a whiteboard, whatever it is. And then make sure, this is a tip that you often uh, remind everybody of, Ruth, and I know your grandchildren have experience with this, is make sure they have the link for virtual calls, whatever, Zoom, WebEx, Google Hangouts, whatever it is, make sure they have that information, how to contact the teacher, all those things on a very visible schedule so they can figure out how to help themselves. Because at the beginning of this, we had lots of interrupted parents at work having kids ask, what's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> so help them out with that ahead of time. Yeah, I think one thing you said, Rachel, about teaching kids these skills, I think that bears repeating that it's, it's these kinds of skills that are really going to help your kids for the rest of their life. I mean, if they, as soon as you can figure out yourself how to organize a schedule and be able to accomplish more, it frees up so much of your life. And so that's a really, really good life skill. One of my granddaughters has the worst time remembering what time it is during the day. And so she has just started setting an alarm on her phone to remind, you know, five minutes before the class starts, an alarm goes off and she's got, oh, I got a Zoom thing. I got to shift gears here. Just those kind of simple little things can really make a difference in the quality of your child's life, which also makes a change in the quality of your own life. So whatever you can do right now to help them get these schedules and routines going is just going to free up a whole lot of mind space. That's a good example because it leads us to this idea that's really important is if something's happening consistently and your kids are struggling with something consistently, they're communicating something with you. So don't take that as a, oh, they're not being accountable or they can't, just can't figure it out. Well, they have had a whole different structure that helps them through the day and there was bells in the school and they don't have that anymore. So the structure that was helping them before is gone. So they're communicating with their behavior. They're always communicating with their behavior. Yep. I don't get how to do this. I need some help here. So instead of it being uh, punitive or frustrating or, oh, can't you just get this or you forgot again? Okay, this is a struggle for you. Let's come up with a strategy. What are some ideas you have? Or here's some suggestions I have. Will any of them work for you? And it's a real important life skill. These are things that will be valuable to your kids and you have an opportunity here to help them with that. So. Just keep reminding yourself, school is not just about academics. Kids are getting all these other things and spending time on schedules and organization and how to be reliable and independent are just as important things to help your child with right now as anything else. Yeah, and we didn't realize they needed that before because they were getting it naturally from school. The bells, the teacher, everybody else in the classroom shifting gears, all of those things. And now they're sitting by themselves in front of that screen and they need those reminders. We all need them. I mean, that's why your outlook beeps 15 minutes before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we yeah, we all need those tools. So let's give you a couple more tools from the classroom to your home that teachers rely on and use very strategically and we know that will help you right now. So I'm going to go through about four of them and there's of course there could be more but let, these, these seem to be really helpful. So first of all, come up with a list for a child that is reading or signals, color-coded signals, whatever, sticky notes of different colors or anything like that about when you can be interrupted. It's good to have your schedule, your visual schedule as well, but have a communication plan ahead of time and talk about when you can be interrupted. Of course, when there's an emergency, right? But what is an emergency? Is an emergency that you're out of snacks 
<laughs> or is an emergency somebody's bleeding. So talk that through with your kids, make it really clear what you can be interrupted and make sure you have some time you can be interrupted because the more rigid, the more limiting things are, the harder it is for kids to comply with that. So again, if they know when, if you have a red sticky note on your door and that means you can't come in right now, that they're much more likely to comply with that if they know that the green sticky note is coming or the yellow one or whatever it might be. Make sure that they have in the day all those things. We just talked about some of the things that they might need, but the only one I can think of to add at this point is making sure that they know how to feed themselves and what's available. Designate a shelf for snacks. Work together in the morning or the weekend to create some portioned snack sizes and don't have that be something they have to interrupt you for, snacks. Or how is lunchtime going to work? Maybe you have a kind of a sandwich assembly line one day a week or something. So thinking about that and getting them involved. Tons of math and cooking so you can do some good math teaching while you're doing that together. And then a couple other things is so volume, Zoom call volumes or, or sometimes kids are playing in the house, whatever the volume, you can have a volume meter, like it's okay to be loud voice, it's okay to be regular voice. Oh, we need quiet voices right now. Again, let them play with it once in a while when it's okay to do it. Let the loud voice be okay once a day maybe. And then that's easier because they can self-regulate. Self-regulation is a really important skill. Make sure everybody has jobs and they should look different. Contributing to the household and having responsibilities at home is so valuable for children in all sorts of ways. And they have jobs at school. They have jobs in their classrooms. They can have jobs at home. Just renegotiate what those jobs are. And then the last little nugget we're going to give you is one of the things that's hard when everything's happening at home, it gets pretty messy. And it's hard to look at school at home and play at home and everything going on at home and work at home and where's the space to just let my brain rest and have some a clean space in my house. So have good expectations. It's okay to hold your kids accountable for keeping things clean. But one of the hardest things for kids, especially to transition to something, is when they have to clean up something they're in the middle of. And we'd have a hard time with that. Imagine you're like baking bread or something and you it's taking a while and someone says, oh, it's cleanup time, you're done with that before you're done. We would not accept that as adults, right? So give kids a way to save some work. Maybe it's a shelf, maybe it's a sign they can book by their work. I've even seen like a hula hoop you can put around your child's work and then they're much more likely to put everything else away if they get to have some control over being able to keep some things going. And actually that's really good for kids to come back to something and keep extending their, their play and their learning. So many good suggestions there, Rachel. And it is really good to think about how teachers kind of manage classrooms. And maybe parents have not really thought about it that much. You experienced it as a child, but it wasn't part of you know what you really thought about what was going on at school. But to have some of those same techniques is really, really helpful for us to be thinking about those schedules and routines and all of that, those hints that they give kids during the day, the responsibilities, all of those things, really, really helpful for all of us to hear as families as well. The last thing we'll leave you with is a lot of times one of the things that's happening with kids when they're done with their virtual school or they're younger and they don't have all day virtual school is they get bored. That happened pre-COVID. It's okay. That's actually a good thing. You just need to be ready for it. So kids 
When they're bored, that's when imagination is about to take over. And that is really good for child's development, no matter how old they are. Leads to innovation later on. It leads to good strategic creative problem solving. Really important lifelong learner and employee skills in the future. So be prepared with some materials, some things that are available to them when they are bored and don't worry about spending a bunch of money and buying the best toy that says, oh, it'll help your child read by the time they're two. That won't happen. But also don't worry about that. What you want is open-ended activities. One thing we recommend is something called prop boxes where maybe you have a grocery store prop box and there's a cash register and fake money and some food boxes in there. Maybe you have a post office prop box with letters and stamps and all sorts of things and they can get really creative with those or having a lot of open-ended materials, things that children often turn into all sorts of things, maybe like blocks or even some natural items or buttons and PVC pipes, things they, they can make into anything that don't have just one right way to use them. And if you have those as a special, I can only play with this or use this when I'm bored or at certain times a day, it feels even more exciting for them to get and they'll just dig into those things for longer periods of time. So we want to end this. Hopefully you've gotten some great tips and some things to help you be successful and feel successful in your child too through this time of virtual or hybrid schooling. And we're just going to end this with a reminder to just be nimble. You're going to have to change again. This is not a new normal permanently. This is just our next new normal. We're going to have another one. We don't know exactly what it will be, but you'll be ready for it. If you're thinking about the routines and rituals and the schedules and you're prepared, your attitude and your ability to change is a gift for you and a gift to model for your family and for your children. And I'll just say the last thing I want everyone to hear is you can do this. You've got this. Turns out it really helps if you think not just about setting up the physical space, but also setting the tone and expectation of each day. And it's good to just let go as parents. Let your child take some of the responsibility. And don't forget Rachel's parting words for this episode. Parents, you got this. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us and find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love and rediscover parenting as a joy it was meant to be.